0: Hey y'all, this is Stacey Pearsall, and you're listening to Everything, my podcast where I talk about, well, everything. We are midway through December. This is episode 21 of Everything. I'm Stacy. I'm Andy. Welcome back.
1: Welcome back, yes.
0: We are one down. Tyler's gone.
1: Yes, Tyler went back um, to Philadelphia yesterday. Yep. 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 Monday. Was here for a week and he had, it, I think he enjoyed himself.
0: It seems like it. Tyler's very stoic. Yes. I think he's, a, you know, if anybody who didn't know him would think he's a very hard read. And those who know him would think he's a very hard read.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: At any rate, yeah, he's he's uh, unflappable, very quiet. Now, if you know him and it's a topic he likes, he will definitely be chatty. Right.
1: Yes. Yes, but he didn't go with you. You guys drove up to Aiken.
0: We went to the equine rescue of Aiken where we picked up Biff and Ben on Friday.
1: Two more donkeys. They is were
0: meant to be Bob's buddies.
1: Bob needs a buddy.
0: Well, we got him off the trailer and let them kind of settle in. And then we did the introductions and right. Bob ran right over to them.
1: Yeah, uh, because he's so happy. He's like, got buddy.
0: He is a happy dude. Yep. And he was bucking and running around and super excited. And everything seemed like it was going to be okay.
1: Yes. Until?
0: Until Biff decided he was going to be a bully. Now, things that you should know. Biff was only... Biff and Ben both were only just gelded. Which means they had their, you know... Google it. Stuff taken <laughs> off. Which means they still have hormones. And I think Ben has settled... A lot quicker than Biff Biff, has. And Tyler pointed out that Biff's name actually kind of, if you think of Back to the Future, Biff Tannen was the bully in the movie. So Biff's name was very, very fitting. I am hoping that we get a kinder, gentler Biff once the hormones have left the building.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would hate to have to take him back. And say, "Hey, he doesn't fit." But if he doesn't fit,
0: I don't think it's going to come to that. I think right. I think things will settle down.
1: I hope so, because Bob, because you know, Bob needs friends, not yeah. someone to chase him around. He
0: doesn't need frenemies. For, no. Well, so I sat back and I thought, okay, there's a number of solutions we could do to make things calmer because we were keep, keeping Biff in the barn at night in the paddock. So his movements were limited. And of course he was lonely, so we would put Ben in there with him. And that's not a real viable solution in the long term. It's not healthy for either Ben or uh, Biff to be locked up all the time. So just then, at night. But well, still, just at right. night, yeah. But you know, we'd have to babysit them too when Biff was out because Biff would basically Any op- chance he got. Open his mouth as wide as he could get it, latch onto Bob's neck and proceed to you he know, would try and mount him well, and he'd run walk him, him in
1: a circle spin and then him in circles. He try was to mount him.
0: Very violent. <laughs> he was acting like a little jack, an intact jack or a stud. Right. And anyway, that behavior could definitely hurt Bob, considering Bob's young yet and he doesn't really know how to defend him and himself yet. And he's actually such a sweet dude that he's like, okay, you can do that <laughs> again and again and again. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so. So today, i i i well i before we go there okay. I also ordered a grazing muzzle which the muzzle sounds really awful but it's not really what it seems it's not like a dog muzzle that that
1: clamps it it down. doesn't
0: clamp the the mouth down it, it actually the animal can still eat while it's grazing that's why it's called a grazing muzzle essentially what it does is it reduces the animal's ability to take in lots of food I thought in my mind that a grazing muzzle would be maybe a great deterrent for Biff during the daytime. He could wear the grazing muzzle and it would prevent him from actually being able to latch onto Bob's neck. And I was thinking, okay, well, once we get that, we'll try it. In the meantime, I decided that I was going to shuffle horses around.
1: Because you have so many of them.
0: I know, I have a few. And over the weekend... My friend, Tim, who's also into European, Belgians, the imported Brabants, Um, he brought in two girls over the weekend. One is named Peaches, and she came out of Pennsylvania. And then the other is Ellie, who was imported with Earl. And it's actually Earl's cousin. Yes. She's from the Netherlands, actually. She was born in the Netherlands, then brought over to Belgium, and then made the trip across the ocean with Earl, quarantined with him, shipped down here. And Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's kind of cool to have her back here, and she and Peaches will be here for training. So I've got the two girls. I introduced them to Leia and the donkey gals, Mm -hmm. Flo and Joe. Right. And they're getting settled in. I pulled Prize and Earl out from the big pasture and pulled them into um, the barn pasture, which is still a big pasture nonetheless I decided to put Biff in with them yes and then put the babies Floyd Ben and Bob uh, in the in the adjacent barn pasture mm-hmm. knock on wood everything is going okay yes day one of the
1: uh, yeah because I don't see Biff trying to run prize or Earl.
0: Um, Prize is probably the alpha, I would say, in the pasture. Now, Earl has sheer size behind him, so he will push Prize off of his food just by right. sheer force. But when it comes down to who rules the roost, it's Surprise.
1: I think it's Earl. Earl just doesn't care.
0: Now, people may think <laughs> Earl is a stallion. Stallions are aggressive, and, you know, they might be violent. The thing about this breed is they are so mellow and, dare I say, passive.
1: They can be mellow, yeah.
0: Well, Earl is very passive. And I think Biff being in there, Earl's like, yeah, okay. I think um, Biff walked up to him and was getting kind of cocky. He was, you know, trying to show his his position in the pasture. And Earl was like, no, and kind of like, swatted at him with his leg and the donkey was like oh okay i'm not gonna do that then he went up to prize and tried to show prize what's up and prize was like uh no prize pinned his ears and then he and the donkey ran around the pasture for what felt like five minutes finally the donkey was like all right i give up now he knows he's at the bottom of the totem pole (laughs) so donkey prize and earl are all eating at the hay manger yes Relatively copacetic. Oh yeah, I'm, well it's,
1: it's a big hay major, yeah.
0: Yeah, so hopefully this is the solution.
1: Yes, everything would be fine.
0: In other news, I had visitors recently, Emily. We did. Well, we did. The, the
1: Low Country Acres did. You
0: you were working. I, I mainly did the well, that was, majority of the. Right, area. that was
1: the week before last before Tyler came to visit.
0: Yeah, and it was Ryan and Emily who I know Ryan through Instagram. And she lives locally here in Mount Pleasant. Mm -hmm. And she's training her own service dog. And she connected with another gal who is from Alabama. Mm -hmm. She's a physical therapist or going to school to be a physical therapist and is a puppy raiser.
1: Right. It's pretty cool. Pretty incredible.
0: Now, Ryan reached out and said that Emily was coming to visit. Could they come out and meet Charlie? And I said, absolutely, yes. They brought homemade cookies for you and me and homemade biscuits for all the fur babies. Yes. Charlie loved them.
1: Pickles loved them.
0: Yes. Leia was all about it. The donkeys, um, maybe not so much. Really? Yeah. They're usually like dumpsters. Or was it Leia who didn't like it and the donkeys ate it? I can't remember now. What about Bob? Bob was not about it. No. He did not like the homemade cookies. I think oh. he wanted something crunchy and they were a little soft.
1: Oh, yeah. That's probably confusing for him. Because the biscuits, the little snacks we give him are very
0: crunchy. Crunchy. I love the crunch. Oh, he loves crunchy stuff. Yeah. Um, so we hooked Prize up and took him for a drive down in the woods. And then Emily and Ryan both got to take the reins. That was pretty fun.
1: Very cool. Now, I, I feel like we almost spoke about this before, but maybe, I don't remember. I so don't well. think we did. Well, if the listeners remember it, then
0: I know. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I had a good time, which is why I'm bringing it up. Yes. So, um, and Emily and Ryan both listen to the podcast. Uh, so if you're out there, hello, and you're always welcome back. Absolutely. And speaking of homemade cookies from, from super fans, Miss Deb Coppis sent us a box of holiday cookies for the Fur family. And I put them in the freezer because they're, one number one, they're super crunchy and the dogs love them. But when I put them in the freezer, they're like extra, extra crunchy. Yeah.
1: And they love crunchy. Well, and Pickles does. He likes ice cubes. He does like ice cubes. It's ice cube.
0: <laughs> the minute he hears that little beep at, at the refrigerator door, he's, he's right like, at your feet like, thinking, yeah. can I get Where's ice Where's my
1: cube? ice cube? You gotta drop one for me.
0: The dogs love these biscuits Yes, so did. much that they invent things to do to like, get rewards. Yeah,
1: can I go pee? Can I go to the restroom? Can I push the door for you?
0: Yeah, Charlie's like, hey, so I'd like to work so I can get some reward. <laughs> Do some training. Yeah. I will work for food. Yeah. Well, Miss Deb, thank you so much for um, sending the cookies, as always. Th- we appreciate it. We appreciate you. And, um, of course, all the fur babies appreciate your efforts. Yes, they do. Okay. So you and I recently watched a television series on Amazon Prime.
1: <laughs> the one we just binged? like Yeah,
0: we binge-watched it called The Wilds. The Wilds. So, uh, if uh, you am heard, I getting
1: myself in trouble now?
0: I don't think so.
1: Yeah, um, I think you're putting me. In no, 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 yeah. no. So
0: spoiler alert. It's if, very good. It's a very good series, but we're about to have a spoiler alert. We're gonna spoil it? I don't think so. I think it it kind of prompts a good topic for us to discuss. I sit on the on the board of the School of Humanities and Social Sciences advisory board. Okay. At the Citadel. And I don't. And you do not. I do not. Um, but I think. Seeing this series and um, what I do at the Citadel, it, it kind of collides. And I think it's it's really interesting because at the last board member meeting, we talked about the number of women or the lack of women. being On the board. No, oh. no, no. Well, that too. But being recruited
1: oh, to this. attend
0: the Citadel. Right. The numbers are very, very low. And so there were, there are a few of us on the board who are women and we had this sort of tangential meeting. It was nothing on the books. It was completely off the books. And we were talking about what drives women to pursue certain careers or, or certain schools and how can we help women find their footing at the Citadel, finding the right women to come to the citadel um you know know, leaning on graduates who've already gone through the experience what are they doing now how how can we get them back to mentor young women how can we mentor young women but isn't
1: that the broader challenge is how do you attract women into the military to begin with because the numbers are across the board small
0: it is i think the the highest they've ever been ever in history i think it's 15 percent now
1: Right, because, you know, not only the Citadel, but I would argue the, the Air Force Academy, West Point, the Naval Academy, those numbers are probably all the same.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, what, I the one thing I recommended was, instead of, you know, going out into high schools and trying to reach young women, um, which, obviously, I think these efforts are already being made, mm-hmm. but reaching out to the parents of uh, uh, military families, reaching out to those parents and saying, we know you you know about the Naval Academy and the Air Force and Academy right. in West Point. Have you considered alternative uh, military colleges like the Citadel sure. for your children? And, you know, making a different approach. I think if you offer different solutions to the parents, then then that might be the way to go. They know their children best. They know what those kids can handle. And I say that because I think you came from a military family. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like your military experience helped prepare you, or your mil- your understanding of the military through your parents gave you a better understanding of what it was going to be like as a military member?
1: A little. I mean, not completely because obviously I didn't serve. My dad did. but And we didn't even live on base. So I had no idea of all of the in and outs of you know, that type of lifestyle, living on base or whatever, but no, I mean yes, to a degree mm-hmm. I think.
0: I think you also mm-hmm. encouraged both your children to join the service.
1: I Well, I let them know it's, it's an option, there are no guarantees right, I mean, you can go to college and there's no guarantees you're going to get a job right, there's just no guarantees but I would go back to the conversation as far as women joining the um, academies some of the challenges could be that if they wanted to be a nurse or a doctor obviously they would go a different route and then still go into the military later so maybe those numbers are true but they could be skewed off because not everyone has to go through the academy to get into the military
0: well i was thinking about the citadel experience and Mm. i you know i was looking at sort of documentation of you know the youtube channel their social media channels and obviously because the percentage of males are high attending the citadel there's not that much content related to the woman experience oh right, right and i think we women i think particularly and it if any of you who are listening are a woman <laughs> and you disagree, I am really open to how you feel about it. So please make sure you visit everythingstacy.com and share with me what you think about this subject because I am very curious. For me, I feel like women have a tendency to feel better if they have all the information or somebody there on the inside to help guide them through that experience. There's a big unknown. And plus, there might be a lot of um, demystification that needs to happen. Right. Not every graduate of the Citadel goes into the military track. In in fact, it's not a very high percentage.
1: Right. I mean, you graduate with a degree and you don't have to become a Marine or Mm -hmm. a soldier.
0: And the, the Citadel experience, I think, you know, there are a lot of, benefits from that trial and tribulation that that sort of military or you know paramilitary experience can lend to the individuals post-graduation sure but i think as a uh, you know that from a female's perspective um how does that how does that apply you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and why aren't numbers higher
1: so how does that go back to the tv show
0: Okay, so the TV show that we watched on Amazon called The Wilds, basically, and again, spoiler alert, (laughs) spoiler alert, these group of women are in this, like, faux plane crash, and they are marooned on an island. The idea is to highlight the ability of women to, to come through adversity and... Um, focus on better leadership and...
1: To create utopia.
0: um, I don't know if utopia is the right word because I don't think the human experience, regardless of gender identity, allows a pure utopia. But the premise of the movie series was, or this television series, was to prove that women have a a higher capability of using nonviolent tactics to overcome adversity and differences. So I think I this has been in the forefront of my mind and you and I had a a pretty good
1: was was, discussion. was there no violence or in the show?
0: Yes, there were um a little there was a little bit of violence, not to the extent of full on war with each other.
1: I don't know, like the couple of those girls, ladies, women were going at each other's throats. The sisters? I mean, all of this is spoiler alert, right? But the sisters were going at each other, um, the religious lady went after the other late the the Native American Indian lady. I mean, there was full on WWF.
0: Well, I wouldn't go that far. No? You and I have completely two different interpretations, but I, I also reminded you when we were having this discussion that this was a, a made for television oh, yes. movie and, right. and so the melodrama was going to be amped to the ninth degree and and, you know, whatever sort of violence was in there was, you know, obviously for... It's um, fake? It was for the value of the show, whatever. But the idea and the premise of the show is really where the debate lies.
1: Okay. Debate me. And,
0: and the ability <laughs> or the ability of one's um, gender identity um, it w- uh, and how we... Uh, you know conflict and resolution mm-hmm. and the decisions we make which is interesting because i think it correlates with the conundrum of recruitment of women at the citadel and here's why most women um maybe think of the military and instantly think violence
1: oh sure i understand
0: and i think most women will try and think of conflict resolution as from a non-violent avenue. And therefore, being able to show that the military itself isn't always first to lead with the violent foot. I know that uh, we are armed combatants in the military, but I would say the majority of my military experience was actually serving peaceably
1: oh well, yeah, I mean, yeah there's tons tons of jobs right i mean there's public affairs there's mechanics there's the legal staff the doctors the uh, dentist
0: it all... was yeah the humanitarian aspect of the military and i i think also that could be translated through that citadel experience mm-hmm. nobody at the citadel is punching each other or um you know, being violent in that way. So, you know, being able to I lift the veil from mm-hmm. a woman's perspective, right. I think may also be beneficial. True. What was your perspective of the television show and the concept that women have a, a greater capacity of conflict resolution through nonviolent reason reasoning?
1: Um I saw a lot of violence, so I I don't know if that's... um, I don't know if that was what the show was about. I just saw this evil lady trying to be in charge of this group of people and play puppet master with them.
0: Huh. Well, I mean, that was definitely the overarching theme of the show, but what she was trying to, you know, ferret out was that that thought or that concept.
1: Yeah, I mean... it's just um, a lot of situations going on that produce people to be angry, starving, no water, no shelter, lost, abandoned. You're not going to get someone to think normal because mm-hmm. those those things heighten your your anger. you uno- when you're unsure and unconfident, I think you become scared, which equals angry.
0: Mm. So yeah, fear and Fear induced.
1: Right. I mean, you have, you're you're supposedly, you know, had an airplane crash in the middle of the ocean, you're on an island with eight people, Mm -hmm. and you have no food or shelter, Mm -hmm. and you don't have like backpacks with tents and sleeping bags.
0: It's, you know, this is an interesting, another flip side of the coin. I think the pressure of adversity brings out your your true nature. Right. Absolutely. So, I think of our, our time in combat and mm-hmm. and being under that those austere conditions with other people, you saw the best and the worst. Right. Do you do you have any moments in in mind where you were tested?
1: I think every time you had to go out the gate and they do their live fire of the weapon, you're like you know this is it. Like all the training you've done, regardless if it's years or months, is gonna be put to use now. Mhm. If you go outside even in the compound when they get we got mortared or rocket attacked or whatever, you're gonna go through any scenario that you've experienced in training and have to put to use. Life saving skills, not like, all those.
0: You're getting way off course. I'm sorry. Because I asked about a specific, a specific time where where you were put to the test.
1: I don't I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Do you? Oh yeah. Okay.
0: Um when i was covering uh, a military transition team operation and my friend got shot mm. and i had to make a decision was i going to be human in that moment and allow myself to just be there or was i going to fulfill my duty as a military photographer and document that it was um that that to me was um I think a very pivotal moment in my life, Mm -hmm. and and a threshold I passed through, in a better understanding of who I am. That's what I'm talking about. And for all of you listening, I put the camera to my face and I took, like maybe two or three frames and regretted it.
1: Right. Well. Right. I understand.
0: So anyway, it's interesting to think. Um, I don't know necessarily looking at looking at this show uh, as an example that any one person's gender makes them more equipped to have conflict and conflict resolution. I, I do feel that both men and women or non-binary people have the have the capacity to choose non-violent uh, resolution. Sure. Does the world uh, as a whole look at violence as the first means of resolution? Because I will f- I will say culturally it varies from country to country. Mm-hmm. I- I've been in places, um, I won't like name them because I don't think that's fair, where it's very dog eat dog. Yes. The toughest kid gets the soccer ball. Well,
1: I mean, if you break it down to the animal kingdom, that's how it is out there.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? In the jungle, it's all about, I will kill you so I can get my food. Yeah. yeah.
0: But we are a higher but, being.
1: Yes. But, but sometimes you can't reason with people. And when you can't reason with people, the other side of you comes out, which is usually the ugliest side
0: your animalistic side is that what you're saying
1: your your i will destroy your combat type side Mm. you know
0: i'd like to think i left that part of me behind i'd also like to think that i've learned a lot of lessons in how to resolve my emotions and conflict resolution more amicably i think we fight pretty pretty well
1: we fight pretty well
0: if if there was anything that we would call fighting, because we really don't fight, but
1: oh, and we have to like compromise. Yes.
0: Yes. When when we reach our husband and wife debates, we find an amicable. Well, yeah. Uh, re- resolution. I usually just
1: say whatever and let you do what you need to do.
0: <laughs> well, happy wife, happy life. We are coming up on the holidays, and we are going to take a break.
1: Yes. Next week is Christmas. Holidays.
0: We're in Hanukkah right now. Uh
1: Yes, Hanukkah right now. And for
0: all you non-denominational or atheists or Wiccans, um, seasons, greetings Greetings, to you. But we're going to take a break from everything. Uh, Just a a, a small hiatus. We'll be back after the new year. And I'm probably going to invite my sister on the show since she's going to be visiting.
1: So when do you think your, your next podcast will be?
0: January 13th. Right smack dab between my sister's birthday and mine.
1: yes. And you will be how old?
0: 41.
1: 41.
0: And my sister will be 42. And for all of you doing the math out there, my sister and I are a year and four days apart. Yes. I'm a true 80s baby. (laughs) Well, everybody, I hope you have a fantastic holiday season. I'm Stacy. I'm Andy. Be well.
1: Be well.